Hello, and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your new host, Colleen Haupt, and I'm joined today by Father Bouquet, our president, and we will be talking about the recent uh, Kansas vote about the value than both amendment, which failed, and what we can expect from the future because of that. Welcome, Father. Well, Colleen, it's always good to, it's good to be with you for the first time, so welcome. <laughs> Looking forward to our journey together and our discussions. Yeah. So I thought we'd start today by talking a little bit about what happened in Kansas. And then we have a bunch of feedback from people about what actually, like what they saw in Kansas, what their experience was. And then maybe we can finish today just talking about which states are coming up and have similar uh, amendments or abortion related issues on the ballot this year. So Very good. Well, it's going to be great to have that kind of conversation. I just returned from a uh, a little mission trip uh, to the state of California where there is a, a issue on the ballot in November. So I know we'll get to that, but this is a very important subject, not just about Kansas, but obviously how this is uh, being played out in many states. So it'll, uh, hopefully our audience will benefit from this and also you know, obtain uh, what to do. In other words, how do we address this, uh, not just in, in Kansas, but how do we bring this to our own state? So yeah, And also what to expect. Like this Correct. is what has come up in Kansas and right. how we can expect to address that as it hits other states. Exactly. So anyway, um, let's start by just recapping what happened in Kansas. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, in Kansas in 2019, the Supreme Court had a decision that found a, quote, right to abortion in their constitution. And so most of the pro-life laws that Kansas has um, – that have been challenged since then have been found unconstitutional. So to correct this, they wanted to pass an amendment called value them both, which would basically just state there's no right to abortion in the constitution. And also that there's no right to funding of abortion and any, uh, any decisions about abortion had to be made by lawmakers, not through the courts. So it went to the people to vote on and it failed um, 41 to 59, I believe was the percentages. I think it was uh, just, just. I think it was fifty nine percent. I believe to a forty one. I think is what yeah. you know, something like this. Yeah. It's kind of so the fifty nine. You know, not in favor, and then the forty one kind of standing. So I think it's uh, it's good to people that kind of capture that number. I mean, even though we're going to talk about what happened, but to to know that you know uh, such a large percentage. Uh, in a sense, comparison, which was really surprised to many. So I, I'm going to mm-hmm. put it back to you, but just I think that's something that we need to pause and just kind of contemplate that would happen here. Uh, and so we'll talk about reasons why and what people were thinking, but it's a, it's a good number to put in the mind that uh, for uh, even in a state where so much pro-life advocacy has occurred, that this happened. So I think it's, it's, I think it's a wake-up call for a lot of us. Yeah. And um, that was actually a lot of people expressed surprise about how large they expected it to be a more narrow margin. Even if the amendment failed, they expected it to fail by a smaller percentage. And the fact that it was nearly 20 percent seemed a big surprise to many. And there's precedent for this amendment. I was doing research and Louisiana passed a very similar amendment in 2020. Alabama and West Virginia have similar amendments from, I think, 2018, and Tennessee had one from 2014. So it has been done in other states to have an amendment saying there's no right to abortion in our Constitution. Um, The difference was this was the first one post-Dobbs, and so there was a lot of um, people watching this situation to see how it would occur. And then, as we mentioned before, we have similar amendments coming up in November. So, again, those states are looking to this to see what happened and how it can be corrected yeah. in November in well, their state. And our audience will kind of remember a little bit, we've talked about this before, the, what those called those trigger laws. So in a sense, and that's what you're referencing, is that some of the states in anticipation of a potential overturning of Roe were mm-hmm. already you know, preparing the ground. You know, even though these things would, uh, they may not happen for a year or two, maybe five in some in respect, but they were making these possibilities happen. So again, it just shows how many of the states want to advocate for life, want to protect human life, and uh, which is a great thing. And so, in the moment that Roe in, is overturned, as it has been on June 24th, uh, it now sends us right back to the states. And as our audience will be familiar, in my home state of Louisiana it became a battle, which is what we anticipated. We knew that this was going to be a battle in the legal system and so forth. But as we speak now, the state of Louisiana, the Supreme Court has, uh, of, of Louisiana has uh, issued their statement on the issue, and abortion is illegal. 
uh, in the state of Louisiana. So it it is uh, these these trigger laws now being activated or haven't been activated in their states. Uh, these are good things. Life is being protected. So the battle fights on, uh, rages on, but uh, you know, but we, life is being protected. So it's a great, great moment. Yeah, and also just looking at all the feedback we got, it's like there is so many things that people did in this state. There was people who put out signs, who had holy hours, perpetual adoration. It was an un- like there is. I feel like this conversation is a lot of it's going to tend to like what went wrong and what was the misinformation. And I just really want to take a moment to acknowledge all of the like hard work that people did put into trying to pass this amendment, even if it ultimately didn't pass this time around, like get back up, we'll go at it again. Exactly. Which was the whole way I ended my article too. Just, you know, okay, dust off the, get, get, and shake off the dust, you know, let's get back up. And even the bishops of, of Kansas who were really uh, advocating you know, uh, for people to get out and to participate and to and to defend human life. I mean, we're disappointed, of course, as we all would be in any of the pro-lifers. But uh, they also did what you just did, Colleen, and that is, you know, to thank you know the people out there, you know, yeah. who got out and did all this wonderful work, you know, in many ways that people didn't actually see, but from putting out signs, you know, writing letters, you know, uh, getting out the vote, so to speak, you know, letting people know about it, which is so important. Uh, so uh, yes, we we you know we don't want to focus in on. Uh, on, on quote unquote the loss, but to see this as an opportunity to get back up, uh, to come back to the to the battle again, and I know this will. So, but we'll talk more about that. So, I know our audience will be happy to hear kind of what people were thinking, you know, and what they were uh, what they were feeling as a result of this. Yeah, it seemed like I was surprised at the amount of people who like amount of similarities between the responses we got. So many people were like, "This is like one agenda that really got pushed," and so like. For example, the ectopic pregnancies. So many of the emails I read ha- mentioned that as something that was stressed. So just being aware that that's one thing that they're going to attack these kind of amendments on. So that was what I had first from my, when I pulled quotes was we had one woman named Karen who just who said, um, quote, we saw a lot of ads online and on TV that women with miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies would not be able to be treated if this passed, unquote. So similar, and then someone else was pointing out um, that miscarriages could be criminalized or that was what they feared, that's what they told, or that women would be punished if they had abortion. And one woman was a doctor and she said that she saw these kind of concerns even among physicians. So that there was a huge amount of misinformation on this one issue of the life of the mother and that if even if you had a miscarriage, you wouldn't be able to have that unborn child's remains, like be able to be just of properly. I'm not sure what the right way to say that is, but basically there was a lot of fear that um, people would be, that there wouldn't be proper medical treatment for actual real medical situations because right. of this. Well, I think, you know, the, the first thing I mean is we, we, we expect, you know, those advocating for abortion to do exactly what they did. And the strategies worked for, for decades. Misinformation, incite people to fear, you know, uh, confuse the discussion topics, uh, speak about hard cases. Uh, and so situations that you may have someone, uh, a mother who is dealing with an ectopic pregnancy, and, you know, you know we're just going to let her die. Uh, of course, this is, a f- is false, completely false. And it's, and it's ridiculous that, that, that this way of advocating for abortion has been allowed to stay as long as it has, because it's false. It's completely false. And, and, and the same thing here, but... but it is the misinformation that was able to infiltrate and, and, and it found an ear. And uh, I know that the Catholic bishops, you know, and the Catholic lobby, you know, worked very, I mean, tirelessly to address these issues and to try to unmask the lies and express, you know, you know how, uh, you know, life, both, that's why the, the issue is both lives. Both lives need to be served. Both lives need to be protected. And especially with regard to an ectopic pregnancy, I mean, as a Catholic, we have very clear principles of how uh, these medical dilemmas can be morally addressed. And and so, but again, that takes education, formation. Uh, but when you have such a huge amount of uh, of uh, money coming in to 
push these ads, get on the radio and so forth and so on and the social media to advocate for abortion. This is, you know, and obviously we have a smaller budget, you know, trying to address it, you know, so it's kind of like, a, a, again, a, a Goliath and David, you know, working against each other uh, in this situation. And it was very clear here that, you know, that one side was getting more opportunity uh, to advance its message. I mean, and it, it put all the effort into it. So I think it's, uh, but uh, I know that uh, in previous podcasts, we've talked about the principle of double effect. We talked about hard cases. As a matter of fact, we spent a whole podcast on that, you know, to deal with that. Again, that's reaching one segment of an audience, Colleen. So it's very hard, you know, to kind of, can't put that on a billboard. You, you can't do that on a, t- first of all, they would never allow it on a TV ad. So plain and simple, we would never get out there on an ad. So it really would have to be done, you know, through our churches, through the faith community, through, and I mean, so, uh, and that's not as easy. I mean, it's easy to get on a radio and say, you know, they're going to put women in jail and it catches everybody's ear. You know, we're going to stop women from being able to deal with medical dilemmas. That catches a lot of people's ear. But for the, for the, from the Catholics and the pro-lifers, it was a much more difficult, you know, uh, conversation to have. And, and to be honest, being on the, uh, yes side of the equation, it can be hard too because it's many people think no, I don't want to do something. So this that all that also played into this a lot, you know. But uh, so, but I like to hear what others, are, you know, what kind of thinking. Yeah, well, one woman actually said that addressed that exact point. She said it was very hard if you're limited to 60 second air bites to be able to have a good discussion about these things. It's easy for them to get on and say women are going to die because of this. This is what's going to happen. And she said it was very hard to be able to refute those kind of lies Correct. when you only have 60 seconds in an ad. Exactly. Um, but another one that another issue that got raised was that they were spreading false information about Kansas laws as well, because a number of people were talking about how the people that were against the amendment would say, oh, Kansas has strict regulation of abortion or, oh, like we already have pro-life laws. We don't need this amendment. And but what happened, the other side um, was harder to address was the fact that because of the Supreme Court's right to abortion quote that they found in 2019, it was very hard. Like these laws aren't able to actually be enforced, or they're very likely to be challenged. And so, being able to reach people with that, saying no, this is actually a lie. Yes, there's these pro-life laws, but no, they can't be enforced. So we need this amendment so they can be enforced. Sounded like it was something that it was a discussion that happened in Kansas, which is very similar to what we were in the real world uh, in regard to you know you know limited ability to, for example, a 24-hour wait period you know, uh, an ultrasound requirement, you know, some of the ways in which uh, the uh, pro-life advocacy was moving forward in, uh, in trying to, you know, give a pause in a decision of, of this nature. And in some cases, in some states, we were able to have those things done. But uh, in many cases, uh, it, it was just shut down. So Kansas found itself in a similar situation. It was trying to advocate, you know, for pro-life cause of advocacy, but because of this so-called right that they created, actually, they found in their so-called constitution, in the sense of a right within their constitution, it, it just put it into the conversation, which is why this, this amendment was so important, you know, to, to challenge and to say that, you know, it's not in the constitution. But again, the misinformation uh, or maybe the interpretation, the way people walked away thinking about something, which is, again, part of the confusion. If I can cause you some confusion, then typically you're not going to to be in favor of it, you know, because you have a doubt, and so you don't know what to do, and and, and because you know uh, you're thinking of your uh, your uh, your own granddaughters or your own daughters and you know friends' daughters, and that's how that's how they they quote manipulate the conversation, and, and it is. Uh, a, a second-story elevator conversation is very hard, and two, two little two little stops to get something in there. But it, to me, on a positive side, it just we learned something. I mean, yes, we would like to have seen this go in a very different direction, but I think that what's so important as we keep talking about this is what do we do going forward? I know you and I will get to that in a little while, but I still think it's good for us to keep that in our mind, in our mind, and our heart as we talk about these things. That that. We don't consider this to be a loss. We're done. We're finished. No, but it is a, it is a, a sadness, and it's unfortunate because of this. Abortion is continuing, and lives are being lost as we speak. Uh, and it's it's a great it's a great it's, it's a sadness uh, that uh, that more people didn't come out 
to vote on behalf of life or didn't ask the right questions, maybe didn't contact their local pastor, their local priest, or maybe contact the Catholic, uh, Kansas Catholic Conference, ask the question, is this what the church is promoting? That could have easily been done. People could have done a little more research, a little more diligence, but this is part of our our problem too is getting people to take an, a, a more uh, discerned interest, a, a more concerted effort to get the information and, and really then being able to say to people, no, that's false. That's not what this is saying. But when people don't know that, when they're unfamiliar with what it, what's really being said or what's really being advocated for in regard to the amendment, it's hard to rebut. It, it really is because you don't know. Well, is, did it say that? Is is that what it says? I didn't. I didn't know that. And so that just leaves a wide open door. And then that person typically walks away going, "Okay, well, I can't vote for that." Yeah, exactly. And I think it's good to know that these are things like approaches that were targeted, so that people in other states will be like, "Okay, like can see this and be able to respond if those same arguments and objections are raised in their state." Just Correct. to be prepared is to be. Lit. What exactly. is it, forearmed? Is that the, I think that's the quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then going back to the Catholic thing, a few people were talking about the somehow managing to convince the people of Kansas that this is a very extreme law and also convince the Catholics that it's not extreme enough. Because one um, gentleman who wanted to remain anonymous um, said that he was, a lot of pro-life people were told um, that, quote, if the amendment because if the amendment passed, it would make it impossible to ever completely ban abortion in the state. And then later he continued um, that a yes vote was a material cooperation with evil, unquote. And so those were some of the things that were being told. And he said that he knew at least one family that voted against the amendment because they were told that if they voted for it, it was a cooperation with evil when it wasn't. Correct. But I think, again, just being aware that those are the kind of lies that will be targeted at Catholics in particular. This is not extreme enough. You need it Correct. to be more extreme. Exactly. Um, I mean, this came up, you know, recently I was in, in California in three different dioceses, you know, and actually working with the uh, California Catholic Conference of Bishops, their lobbyist, because as I mentioned earlier, there is Prop, Proposition 1 that's going to be coming up in the November ballot. And so it's no to Proposition 1. So I just want to get it out there now, you know, for any of those in California uh, who may not be familiar with it, first of all, you know, Go to the Catholic conference. Catholic, uh, each each conference has their own way of putting their name, so I get them a little confused. But I think it's it's the California Catholic Conference is the way uh, they they uh, the bishops of uh, the, the California uh, state you know identify themselves as a united body. But if you go to their website, it's where you can find out what's happening. It's got a remarkable amount of information on what's coming up. But basically, the proposition one in California, you know, is dealing with some similar issues as Catholics. Right? We already have within the Constitution in California a very bad law. It's a very bad law already allowing abortion to occur in the state of California, but it's limited. And so as a result, what obviously they want to do now is, as the governor there has said, we want California to be a tourist state you know, for abortion. So, so what they want to do basically is take an already existing law that's already there and make it far worse, where abortion is unlimited and that it's taxpayer funded. So, so as a Catholic, I think, and I know we won't have time to do this right now, Colleen, but it's something maybe we can come back to later on uh, as we talk about these issues. It goes to Evangelium Vitae number 73. And this is where I would direct our audience. I mean, again, we don't have time today to really break it down. But John Paul II addresses this issue. And, and about what can we do in such a situation as we're talking about right now. And I will tell you, the Kansas Conference of Bishops did deal with this. But it, it, when you're not on the TV, when you're not able to get into that spotlight, it's very difficult to reach an entire audience, uh, which means how do we get this to our Catholic population? How do we get this to the people in our pews? How do, how do our pastors explain that this is not material cooperation? And, so, and John Paul explains it, and the moral principles are very clear in how we can address such moral dilemmas, and that it is not cooperation in evil, all right? And so I, I think that's going to be the challenge for the bishops in California, as it was in, in Kansas, is how to educate, and here we're talking specifically about our Catholic population. So that's going to be a real challenge. I think it is, because I brought it up in, in uh, San Francisco, and, uh, and the lobbyist, uh, Molly, is, I can't remember Molly's last name, so please forgive me, Molly, if you happen to be listening, uh, but we, we, we work together. So I gave all the principles 
and went through all the principles. And then Molly got up and, and addressed what is Prop 1? What is it about? And then she went into all the details. And, and it was a great partnership, you know, of, of recognizing that we all have to come together here and understand what does the church teach? Why does she teach what she teaches? And how do we deal with such situations using those Catholic principles? And, and they're very easy in this, in this kind of situation. But if we don't know about that, matter of fact, most many of our audience might now be thinking, okay, Evangelium Vitae. Now, I hope that's not the case, but they may not know paragraph 73. They may not be familiar with some of the, 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 the language of Evangelium Vitae. So, uh, and, but this is our chance. This is the time. And, and that's why I was so grateful for Molly and Moses, who met me in Sacramento, you know, to deal with the same thing. And then we de- dealt with it back in Dublin in, um, in Oakland Diocese, you know, just trying to make people aware. And, uh, and as I found uh, in, those, in those conversations, many people didn't even hear about it. So I imagine that's the same thing that you, when, when you polled and some of the people for about Kansas, they, they didn't know about some of these issues either. You know, so uh, we have a work, we have some work to do. So, yeah, no, that's a good, it's a good response and good to be able to aware that there are those resources for people who are maybe confronting this question to either turn to themselves if they have questions or turn, um, direct other people towards um, and then obviously there was a lot of just going back to people's feedback, a lot of sign issues. People had signs stolen and a lot of attacks on churches apparently, or maybe not a lot, but enough that a few people mentioned that. And it was interesting. One gentleman was saying that uh, the kind of messaging that was everywhere was, quote, no government mandates, unquote, and just playing off of people coming out of COVID who were frustrated with government mandates and being told what to do by the government. They really sounds like they played into that when they were um, the people opposing the amendment, because that's a hot issue that people feel passionately about. And if you can tap into that, then... That's right. and, and, and it does work. And I mean, I think like if I, if I, if I may use California again, because mm-hmm. we can also use it because for example in California you know what we're seeing in the polls for, with regard to this issue and again just being with the lobbyist the Catholic lobbyist I was much more educated myself listening because I mean I'm not from the California state so I mean we have 50 states and you know I'm not familiar with everyone's constitution and what it actually says and you know so but this is an education for me as well as a pro-life leader you know when I'm, I'm when I'm moving around the states and, and giving you know uh, workshops and presentations on the bioethical issues it's especially right now this this is the hot button subject so it's good to be familiar with them but what I learned is that many in the state of California who may be advocating for abortion do not believe in late-term abortion and so they, they are opposed to it they find it very uncomfortable and so even though they are for abortion but they're not for it at a certain stage and this is very important because now you can find an advocate uh, with regard to saying no to the proposition I mean they're, they're gonna fight with us with regard to if we go back and address the other law, which is already there. But for the moment, we could stand together, not in agreement. I don't agree with abortion, but we can agree that this was not good for California. We don't want an un, just an open door in the state. And so it's going to be important how that message, how what I just said gets messaged. So no, I'm not supporting abortion by working with someone who believes in it. No, I'm not doing that. But what I am saying is that we can agree that both of us agree that we don't want late-term abortion in this state. I can agree to that. And I think that many people in the state of California can agree on that. What we're going to have a difficulty with later is coming back. But we'll deal with that then. For the moment, we have to stop a very, very bad law from coming becoming reality. And, and so this is why it's important for good communication, for good information. And, and I was very, I'm, I'm very much impressed what I'm seeing, you know, uh, with uh, the lead up to this and how the, the message is getting out and how the conference uh, through, through the bishops, through the dioceses, through the parishes, through the various mechanisms is, 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 is turning it up. I mean, the wheels are turning. And I, I, so I, I'm going to actually write about this a, a little later on because I think it's important to, to leverage support toward this, this cause, not just in California, but in many states, you know. Uh, and so I think it's so important. And I think it's good for our audience to see uh, and to hear what is happening. That there are, that, I mean, uh, we've talked about this in many of our podcasts, that the reason why we are at this moment 
is because so many Catholic legislators, legislators and so many pro-life legislators and those in their states have been working for decades to get to this point you know, to move this conversation to where it is. And so uh, they're not, uh, which I'm so grateful for, they're, they're, this is, they've been poised for this, you know. But when you're dealing with so much uh, language in, in these amendments, which can be very confusing, and all of us know who vote. You're voting for a, a tax millage. You're voting for, okay, what, what does that mean? It, the language is very tricky, and it's purposely done. So that's why we have to really, you know, educate ourselves. What does this amendment really say? And what's the current law? What does it say? And so I I put that out there again as we're talking about this for those, obviously, from each of our respective states that are in this battle. Familiarize ourselves with it. Get to know what is happening. Uh, Know what your local Catholic Conference of Bishops are doing. What are the lobbyists with the Catholic Conference doing? What are other pro-life advocates? Because it's not just a Catholic issue. We have to be united in this, you know, in our great cause, and we have been. So I I just keep putting that before us so that we, 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 we know it's in front of us and and do our best to let other people know about it. So, but that's a very, uh, the, the anonymous person mentioned is, is real. I mean, so that, I mean, I heard it in California, you know, about people saying, well, wouldn't that mean I'm participating in evil? No. And you have to explain it and you just got to show it to them and, uh, and then show them what cooperation with evil would look like, show them what it does look like. So, so for example, to vote for a law that would, would impose abortion now I'm cooperating if I if I were to do that. So in this situation, so it's important, and that's and I say this, and I'm hoping that maybe someone that is is listening to us, you know, that's working in that in that in that caucus of lobbyists, that they need to be thinking, okay, how do I? We, this is something apparently coming up. We need to talk about it with our with our especially with our Catholic and with our uh, advocates for for life that we don't that this is not cooperation with evil. You know, we're not we're not participating in evil here. So uh, I think that's very important. So I'm glad that that person brought that up. Uh, and, I, and I know that that individual was not alone. And probably some people didn't participate, as you said, because they they thought they were participating in some in evil. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's good to be able to, I think a big key to this will just be so much education of like, what do amendments actually say? What, what how do you respond to that? How can you as a pro-life person right. be able to respond to when someone says, oh, this issue is going to happen because of right. passing X, Y, or Z. I also think it's important to just clarify for a minute why the amendments are a little bit important or very important. Right. But basically, it's very hard to amend a state constitution usually, but it's easier to pass laws. Right. So in a lot of especially pro-abortion states, they're using this as a way to enshrine abortion or, quote, reproductive rights in a way that will be harder to undo in the future. And it will undo any pro-life laws or restrictions on abortion that may have been passed. Right. So um, I think you mentioned California and Proposition 1. Vermont also has um, it's Proposition 5, but I believe it's going on the ballot as Article 22. It's been referred to as both um might be confusing that way but i from what i've heard the actual term on the ballot will be article 22 and that one in some ways is even more vague than california's because it basically actually i have the text printed out because i didn't want to get it i feel like it's important to know what the actual text will say for these Mm -hmm. but california's uh proposition one says quote The state shall not deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom in their most intimate decisions, which includes their fundamental right to choose to have an abortion and their fundamental right to choose or refuse contraceptions, unquote. And so obviously very vague, specifically mentions abortion and contraception. And then Vermont says, quote, that an individual's right to personal reproductive autonomy is central to the liberty and dignity to determine one's own life course and shall not be denied or infringed unless justified by a compelling state interest achieved by the least restrictive means, unquote. And again, they're just both, they have very vague language that right now could apply to abortion, but in the future could reply to any number of other things that are brought up. And so... And I think that's important because, I mean, obviously the uh, you can see how wide that net is. And and so it's uh it, and that's why in California you know what they're what they're making clear at least in how uh, many of the pro life advocates are addressing this is that we don't want to expand you know uh, abortion into uh, in, into the in, into the 
late term, you know, in the sense of right now there are restrictions on this. So with the, and, and we don't want to be paying taxes. So for example, if we make it a tourist state, okay, for abortion, guess what? You know, we're going to be paying for people to come over from other states and we're going to be paying for, and we, uh, uh, how many will that be? I mean, will that be a thousand? Will that be 3,000? Will it be 4,000? Could it be 5,000? You know, who, who's paying for all this? And so, uh, so this is why in California, the way to approach it is we don't want to extend abortion rights, any, any, what we have now, and we don't want to pay taxes. So you know, it kind of, kind of address the specifics of it. Again, it's not saying as pro-life advocates that we're for abortion. We're not. We, have a, we already have a very bad law in the Constitution in the state of California. We want to make sure that it doesn't get worse. I'm not familiar with what the current law is in Vermont. I'm not sure abortion what the language is. Abortion until birth, I believe, is the... Right. So, which is interesting that they're, they're, but they believe that there needs to be another, some more language. So, which means there must be some restrictions somewhere that they don't like. Either that or they're afraid of um, laws being taken away in the future. If right. they ever elect a more pro-life um, legislature right. and those, they start imposing restrictions, they want to have the constitution, I think, there, the language to back it up. Because to pass an amendment in Vermont, it needs to pass the legislature and be voted on by a percentage of the people. Right. Right. So I think it's just an extra precaution in the case. You know, just kind of a little, a little comma. This is also an education in how uh, our, our constitutions work in the state level and the federal level. And I think that what I mean, just going back. So basically, you already have a law. I'm going to go back to California for a second because it's fresh in my mind. Is yeah. that you have a, a law that's already existing. It's the highest law of the state of California. It's constitution. So the only way to change that law is you have to have an amendment. So you have to amend the Constitution, which requires, on the, on the California law, a certain vote number of the legislature, and then obviously that parallels to whatever percentage of, in, in California right now, the way it works, if I understood correctly, that because their legislature gave a two-thirds, two-thirds majority and, and reached that, now they only need 50 percent point, whatever that point is, that's it. So that's so in some states that may not be the case, but that's what it is there. So it's good for us to understand how law works, and that that's why this is important for us to to not sit on the sidelines here. We need to understand what the language is of that amendment or how that article, and like in Vermont, you're mentioning, so that we first of all know what it is. Two, why we should be opposed to it, and and then how to address that. So it, it's back because. If, if this thing in California, Prop 1, or in here, Prop 5 in Vermont you're talking about, or in other states, becomes the law, it's going to be much, much more difficult to un, un, unpack that. For, so, for instance, in California, that became, Colleen, the law. It's going to be God knows how long before you would ever see that law begin to be challenged. You know, And, and so when will we see this again? Uh, whereas I do believe in Kansas, we will see another attempt at this because of what happened there. So, uh, and but for the other states, this is something very important, you know. And that's the thing. That's why the Dobbs case has given us a, gr- a great opportunity to address these issues, you know. Uh, and I just want to just say to our our listeners, if you have not had a chance to really read uh, the majority opinion. It's about 213 pages long, but it is worth the time. First of all, if I may take off my little Catholic hat just for a second and just put on my little U.S. citizen hat for a moment, it really was a a proud reading because it really does address the Constitution, address what the Constitution is and says, and and just all the legal, the language that we as a country have, have advanced with regard, you know, to what our rights are and what are rights, what are freedoms and so forth. It, it is a, a, a fantastic read and it, in a sense, a, a sense of pride, you know, in knowing, you know, what our laws really uphold and what they're meant to uphold and how the process is to work. And, you know, I might not agree, and I'll put my, my little Catholic hat back on, I may not like with the process, you know, of popular vote and on moral issues. I'm not in favor of that, you know, that popular opinion decides what's going to be moral and not moral. Of course not. However, you know, we know that in this moment, we have an opportunity to address the population now. So it's not a judge making a decision. It's not uh, just a le- the legislator making a decision. It really is the people coming together 
and hopefully in a rational approach. We know that's not always the case, Colleen, but the uh, and address this subject. What do we really believe? What do we as a people really uphold? Do we uphold the dignity of life? That's why the Kansas bishops were very clear. We're disappointed because life is 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 continues to suffer. Our, our littlest brothers and sisters uh, in the womb are being denied their human rights, their basic human rights, the basic right to life. These are human beings that their rights come from being human persons, not because of the state, not because of their mother, not because of anyone else. Their rights are innate, and they're being denied. They're being they're being flagrantly uh, denied, and they're being violated. And, and this is wrong, and it's unfortunate that now in Kansas that continues. And so I, mean, so I just echo what the bishop's disappointment is. I mean, it's very real. And as we speak, life is being lost in that state, like in many other of the states. So this is a serious issue for us. And so we, the people, need to come forward. And I really believe, Colleen, that if more people understood the, these issues clearly, clearly, which means the yeoman, yeoman's work is on you and me. It's on us, people like us, to get out there and to let that message be known. We, we can. We can turn the tide. We've already turned it. We just need to continue and, and not be, and not be uh, uh, distracted in our cause and, and in our effort and our fervor. Uh, but we have to be honest with some of the people that you, that you heard from. Uh, this is what happened in, in one state. Now imagine that's just a sampling. How many more? And then how much that's in other states. And I can tell you, again, just coming out of three dioceses, that the amount of people, and these were all faithful Catholics, uh, non-Catholic uh, pro-lifers that I was doing workshops, pardon me, for, and, and they had not heard of this yet. And that's on their ballot in November. That's right around the corner. So the, the window of time is short. So a lot of work to be done. So sorry about that. But I just think it's so, it's so important to, to talk about those things. Oh, no, it definitely is. I completely I'm glad you started talking about those. And just kind of so the audience is aware, these states that actually have a pro-life um, or pro-abortion life issue, um, things coming up on their ballot this year. Kansas, obviously, they already voted on. Kentucky has a pro-life amendment coming up. Um, the wording for that is, quote, to protect human life. Nothing in this constitution shall be construed to secure or protect a right to abortion or require the funding of abortion, unquote. So it's basically the first sentence of the value them both right. um, amendment. So basically pretty safe and simple. We don't, the constitution doesn't have a right to abortion and you can't fund it with publicly or there's no right to the public right. funding. So Kentucky, um, and then we mentioned Vermont and California both have pro-abortion um, amendments coming up. Michigan may, when I was doing research, everything I read said Michigan might, they were gathering signatures this summer, but it wasn't, I didn't see anything definitively yes or definitively no, it was a possibility, but that's another quote pro reproductive rights um, amendment. And you make a valid point with this right now is that just because something's currently maybe not mentioned on being on a ballot doesn't mean something may not be on the, I know there's time frames. Legal, legal, legal approaches. How much time people have to get something on the ballot and so forth. But we, st there still could be windows of opportunity. So all of our listeners and all people uh, on our in our great campaign need to pay attention to what is happening in our state because something can even even it may not be an amendment. There could be some uh, some law being pushed in their legislator legislative branches that they need to be aware of and call their legislator and say I'm against that you know so we need to not just not just focus on uh, focus definitely on these amendments absolutely but don't let the guard down on the local level because oh, there yeah. could be a lot of things happen on that local level that we need to be aware of and to start talking about and, and we may need to make phone calls write letters campaigns you know so so pay there's Pay attention. Pay attention. And also be aware of an elections. I know some states have Supreme Court. They're able to elect justices, I believe. So also just being aware, maybe not a specific issue on a ballot, but what you're voting for when you elect your, a justice um, could have implications down the road as more and more states um, have issues hitting the courts now that Roe exactly. has been overturned. Exactly. Um, and then also just another right to a pro-life bill. Montana has a born alive bill on the ballot for the people to vote on. Mm -hmm. Um, this year, so basically saying any children that are born alive need medical care and they're legal persons, um, be that because of a C-section or an abortion. Um. And people may not be aware, but this is something very, very serious because unfortunately in these uh, pro-abortion-minded uh, states and uh, uh, 
hospitals and doctors and so forth, that there, there are children that are born uh, and, and, and left to die. You know, and so this, I mean, from abortion, whether it's, you know, in early, the beginning, all the way to the end, but just, it's vile all across the board. But this, it just again, just shows you how, how deep this, this evil finds itself, that a child born living is just put to the side and literally left to die. And by like supporting that doesn't mean that you're supporting that unborn children aren't legal persons. It's simply just guaranteeing that these children who are born alive will have that right. It might be a small percentage, but that right. small percentage is that many right. more lives that are right. treated as statement. people. It, but it does, at the end of the day, I think what's important is that, you know, these little inroads, of course, let's start, let me, let me just back up just for a second. We want to stop abortion, period. Yes. Period. There's no if, ands, or buts on that. We want this vile assault on human life to come to an end. And we are working tirelessly, you know, and to do this. But we, you know, and I mean that not only from the issue of abortion, but also the issue of euthanasia, you know, another assault on human life. We want the assault on life to stop the violence against human life in in the womb, outside the womb. So that make that clear. And so, because sometimes, you know, uh, you know, we don't say that enough. Number two is we know that we're going to work for that cause, but we may have to whittle away at a law. We may have to, to, to whittle away at something, you know, as we try to reach that ultimate goal and, and, and have that end obtained. And so uh, we work to attain the end immediately? Absolutely. But at the same time, we also work at whittling, chipping away at this. And, and so what you just said, Colleen, is important, is that this, the, the, it, it may be that little toe in the door, but the toe's now in the door. And then we're going to work to get the rest of foot in that door. And then we're going to get the rest of our body in that door. And so we just keep working at it, keep working at it. Um, and because life is that important, and we have to fight for, that, for life to be protected. And if only... 50 children have lives saved because of this bill, like small number. That's 50 people. That's 50. Every life. Every every life. life. If every life matters, then it's so important to support even things that may seem small on the scale of what we want to achieve because that will save that many lives. And and I may, hopefully I'm not causing any issues with the the state of uh, California, but I I look at it also that Prop 1, no, period. Stop the bad law. Now we can come back to the current one. Because I believe that if, if we can win that ballot issue, right, that sends a clear message across the board. And that allows now the conversation to come back to the current one. Now, as I say that, this is what the other side is going to talk about. So, I mean, so let's not be blind here, all right? They know what's at stake. Do we know what's at stake? That's the issue. Do we know what's at stake? And so they know exactly that if they don't win that ballot— we're coming after that current law. That's why it's on the ballot. I mean, that's plain and simple. So, but we need to recognize, you know, that uh, this is what's at stake. So we want to be able to come back to this. This is what allowed the heartbeat of tech, a heartbeat law in Texas to, to, to achieve its end, all right? This is what allowed Dobbs to get to that end. So by, by coming back to the existing law and challenge that law, and through the legal, legal mechanisms, but also what I would say, Colleen, as we all know, this is not just a legal issue. It's a heart and mind issue. It's a conversion of hearts and minds. It's to convert a nation that has accepted abortion, that has accepted the violence against human life, that has become callous to human life. We have dehumanized the child in the womb, and we've lost our sensitivity. So let's just be just honest. That has to be recaptured. And if that means we have to, 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 to expose the, the life, this is what the silent scream did. You know, for those of you who may not be aware of that, that would be a, something to watch in a very controlled environment and, you know, just be aware. But it, it shows what an abortion is. Many people don't know what abortion is. They really don't. And the very fact that because of the, of the propaganda of the pro-abortion industry, so this is Planned Parenthood, NARAL, and all of its advocates fighting for this, have so confused the issue about life. And so you know, all the euphemisms that we're all familiar with and how they want to try to, 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 to coat the issue and try to confuse people with, this is a human being from the moment of conception, the moment of conception, and that little life deserves the right to life and the protections that are afforded to me and you that sit here. 
And this is what's been denied. And so they have dehumanized, they have, they, have, they have whittled away so much that so many in our nation do not believe that there is human life. And today, now, so calloused have we become that they now, some will say that we know it's life, but we still want to end that life. If you play a lot of the language of the, the Women's March, you will hear this. You know, so, so now we got to wait, 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 no more euphemisms. We just want to have the right to kill children. This is what they're saying. So we need to strip away the veil. And so, so each of us got to find a way to do this, to, to approach it. But it's time. This is what I think this on. To me, this is what's on the ballot of our nation, if I may have one ballot. And that is, what are we as a nation going to uphold? The value of life, every life? Or are we going to continue down this path of arbitrariness and some have the power to determine who lives and who dies? This is, this, this is not a nation that, uh, that, that, uh, that will survive if, if it continues down this path. That's my, my uh, little prophecy, but I'm not the only one who said that. But I just, it's that serious. This, you know, Mother Teresa said it. You know, I mean, this, we cannot live as a nation as long as the, anyone in our nation is determined not to have the value of life whether that be the child in the womb, our elderly, our poor, our handicapped, our disabled, Down syndrome children. Come on. So that's why we've got to strip the veil, Colleen. We've got to pull the veil. Talk about these issues because yeah. this is what's on the ballot. At the end of the day, that's what this is all about. Exactly. No, I completely agree with you. And I think it's so important. I like um, how you mentioned changing hearts and minds, because when we sent out, um, asked for feedback from people in Kansas, so many said like, you can just changing hearts and minds is really the key. They're like, wh- one question that we asked them was like, what would you do differently? And some people had suggestions of like, this could be done or that could be done. But some people said they did everything possible and it's really going to come down to changing hearts and minds. And I think there's a little bit of both. I think there's always, you can always perfect it in a different state, be able to look at what's worked and what hasn't and be able to improve on that. But I also do think that until we actually are able to get out there and help evangelize the culture and help start building that culture of life. It's going to be very hard. It's going to always going to be a struggle to pass pro-life laws if you don't have a pro-life culture. And um, I do like one uh, a quote from one couple that wrote in, they said um, they were talking about how we need to change people um, take change their hearts, not change people. Um, and they said laws alone aren't going to work, but quote, they're a tool in the box we need to use. Unquote. And I just I love that idea of like the pro-life toolbox. You have this and that tool and laws are one of them, but it's not the only one by any means. So a failure on a legal side isn't the end of the world, but it also is can be a very a big help if you can pass pro-life laws course, and just yeah. keeping all of that in perspective. Because because law also changes hearts and it changes mm-hmm. culture, which eventually does affect the way people think, the way they act. So as long as abortion, quote, is legal people's mind and heart think, okay, well, nothing I can do about it. So they've just been adopted. So it is a both and, you know, so we want good pro-life laws. We want good pro-life legislation. We want life to be protected legally. At the same time, we need to aggressively, and I mean that in a very positive use of that word, but aggressively, you know, work to help people to understand the issues so that hearts and minds can be converted. Because I can tell you at pregnancy care centers, Okay, which are being attacked today, all right? Physically and vandalized, it's, it's, it's domestic terrorism and not being held accountable by the, by the government, both state and federal. It's, it's a scandal, it's hypocrisy. And, but the other thing is with it is the, um, uh, the reality of when you have a couple that comes in, maybe abortion-minded, but they come in and they have an ultrasound and they meet with someone and, and they talk about this little life many, many times they don't know. They because they, they, they think all these ways that have been taught to them in the schools and what they hear on the radio and the social media, but now they come face to face, you know, with their little boy, their little girl, that right now we don't know boy or girl. It's just so so much in at ten weeks or maybe at eleven weeks or twelve weeks or maybe a little little younger, but there's a heartbeat and they can they can see. And all of a sudden they're, they're now they have a choice. And in majority of the time, they will they will welcome their child, you know. And so it's it, it, this is why it's so important, you know, to again back to rip that veil, 
You know, we know that life begins at the moment of conception, you know, right? But many times we don't we don't meet these couples or meet these individuals until we're six, seven, eight, nine, and so forth on. And this is the moment, you know, that we have. And that's why the pro-abortion side fights against, you know, ultrasound requirements, you know, or a 24-hour waiting period. They don't want that. They want an immediate feeling, a sentiment at the moment. You know, they come in and they know that if you, if you pause, you press pause and you spend a little time and you find out what it is that, that's, that's concerning them, you know, and, and why they believe and think that this is the only solution forward. And you start addressing those situations and you can resolve them. They welcome their child. Yes. So this is why, again, we need to be involved. And that's why, again, I go back to the bishops of Kansas and what they said, and, and I quoted in my, in my article, and I'm not going to read it because it's a lengthy, but basically we have to do just this. We have to be more, we have to continue our work, but we have to expand our work in a sense of welcoming. We need more pregnancy care centers. We need more resources to be a service to, to our sisters in need. And, and, that, and because abortion is, is still legal, all the more we need to be out there. So this is not, again, just on a legal level. It's on every level how we address it. So, uh, so I, I, I agree you know, with that, the last couple that just mentions this because we want pro-life laws, we want pro-life legislation, and we want to advance it, amen. But we also need to work tirelessly, you know, in, in the conversion of hearts and minds to life. And, and, and as I say, uh, and I'll toss it back to you, is that, is that when I speak of life, I do this at every workshop, every presentation I give, when I speak of life, when the church speaks of life, I shouldn't say I, but I'm the one speaking, I mean from the moment of conception till its natural end and every stage in between, which means I'm going to talk about human trafficking. I'm going to talk about the issues of pornography. I'm going to talk about euthanasia. I'm going to talk about immigration. I'm going to talk about a lot of things. But the preeminent issue here, very clearly, which I use our bishops of this country have made very clear, is the assault on life itself in the womb. Also, we see at the end. But so we need to we need to keep this in front of people. And if we and if we keep doing it, we 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 win. Because most people, when you start thinking about this very deeply, you want someone to determine who lives and who dies. And then most of the time, you know, Colleen, it's because they don't understand where human rights originate. They don't understand that, you know, that the mother does not have a right to kill her child. The child has his or her own rights. And the right to be welcomed and loved and protected is within the human person, not because of the state and not because of the mother. No, because of God. <laughs> that's right. And because, well, because that, that child, like you, like me, is made in the image and likeness of God, has this inalienable rights. This is what we need to talk about. And so uh, whether that be even an issue of rape, you know, yeah. in this, which is a, it's a hard case. It's a hard situation. But the principles are the same. They don't change because of a hard situation. And so we need to not be ashamed of bringing forth those principles and talking about those principles because both need to be loved. Yes, exactly. And that's where I think like pregnancy care centers are so great and other so many other resources too, but that's the one I'm more familiar with. Just being able to show the mother the love that she deserves as a human person and then also support the rights of her unborn child and show them the love that they deserve as well. And I think that's really like... You can say all you want about pro-lifers, but who really actually shows the most love to the mother and the child? And it's the pro-lifers who are there to support, to help them get the clothes they need or pay their rent or get the diapers they need. And then also just help a child, even in a hard situation, come into the world and find love. And also, and with that, just legal counsel, medical care, I mean, education. You know, so many of these wonderful centers are providing a full spectrum of opportunity to help. So what do the other, what does the other side offer, Colleen? The death of their child. That's it. Yeah. And then the PTSD that comes with that and all of the other repercussions. Like there's and, no... And the history of knowing. And, it might seem like a Band-Aid at the time, but it's just going to come with so many more issues that exactly. follow for the mother right. and then obviously and anyone the death of the child. I know the other side tries to downplay it and they do a good job on their social media because they just have the control of it. But you talk as anyone who works with 
you know, Project Rachel or Rachel's Vineyard or any of these post-abortive ministries and uh, apostolic work, you hear the stories. Mm-hmm. And not just with women, with men, yeah. with fathers. So there's, there, there, this, this, this is why Mother Teresa was right. This is a, a very deep, deep wound that covers a large area. And we have an opportunity here, Colleen, to, to heal this wound. Mm-hmm. And that's why what, what we're doing today and, and what many people are doing across this country uh, is, is phenomenal. I mean, and so we, we have a wonderful moment of time here. And we just need to stay focused and don't lose heart. Don't let disappointment uh, detract us. And don't let the rhetoric. Uh, we, I mean, I mean, if you and I owned uh, a news broadcasting, we, can, we have free reign. But guess what? They take us off the air. They cut us off of YouTube. They cut us off of Facebook ads. In other words, they, because they don't want to hear. And yeah. so, so, so much for free speech and so much for you know, freedom of expression. No. One side controls the conversation, just like with the issue of, of abortion. Someone in authority of power makes a decision over the life and death of another human being. It's wrong. Yeah. I agree. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to these um, people, specifically in the states, maybe that actually have laws coming up, but also just to people who should be aware of potential laws and elections coming up? I think we covered quite a, I mean, quite a bit, but I just want to say thank you because, you know, I'm one uh, pro-lifer among many, many millions of pro-lifers across our country. Uh, I'm one leader among many other leaders. Uh, and what I mean by leaders, not just those in charge of pro-life groups. There are many people leading this cause on different levels in our culture today, uh, from our bishops to our pastors to our uh, fellow brothers and sisters in our Christian faith to the Jewish community. I mean, to even those in, our, in, in, the, in the Muslim tradition. You know, there, there are so many people out there that are working in this great cause, you know, trying to push this conversation more and more and to make more people aware of what the issues are. So I just want to say thank you, because as you, that first quote, we put the signs, you know, we got the billboards, we got the letters out, we put stickers out, we got magnets, you know, we did everything we possibly could, and they did, they did. And and we want to just say thank you. And, And really on behalf of life, you know, on behalf of our of our nascent brothers and sisters, thank you. We're fighting for them, the innocent, the vulnerable, the, the ones who cannot speak for themselves. And many lives have been saved since, every day, because of those pro-life laws that are currently in, 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 in force. Life is being protected in our country. Before June 24th, that was not the case. So we are grateful. Now, with that said, let's... Let's not lose heart. Yeah. Keep going. That's my. That's what my message is. And also and, just the fact that like throughout the years that Roe was in place, the fact that people on the state level were able to put these trigger laws into effect and foresaw that someday Roe could be overturned and had their states all prepared for that. And now is the time like we just see how many have gone into effect and all the lives that will be saved because of that. And just it's another reason to hope is in 40 years when it seemed hopeless, we were still able to accomplish so much and now we can accomplish so much more. And the last thing I would, you know, I would just add is that, you know, the, we have to work together. And, you know, uh, if the one thing that I love uh, about our, our church and our faith tradition is recognizing the common good, that we are in this, in this journey together, seeking what is good for human flourishing. And at times, you know, when, when, when things are being advanced, even on, on our side, sometimes we could hastily leap into something without thinking all the way through it and, uh, and, and put something that is not uh, complete or maybe, uh, it's, uh, in other words, I guess what I'm saying is that we've, we need to be very prudent and use prudence to help us to help to, to make decisions of what to put on ballots, when to put them on a ballot, when to advance, how to advance. In other words, work together because we need to think through it, because we don't want to leap and, and put something out there that, that really doesn't capture what we're trying to accomplish and have it, uh, you know, undermined, and then we're, we, we can't get there again for another decade or two. So I'm just saying we want to, to advance, we want to, to push forward, but we need to exercise temperance and prudence in this, and by working together and listening to those who have been in this, you know, for a long time, 
what's worked, what hasn't worked. And for, uh, for those with wisdom, to share that wisdom. For those with the newness coming in and the creativity, for those with wisdom, to listen to that creativity. No, it's, it's a both and. It's not one or the other. And, uh, and I would say that, that we need to really, really work together. And we can accomplish this. This this is achievable. This is something that we can obtain. And uh, and and our and I'm 56 years old. This can be done in my lifetime. It can be done. It can be yeah. done. Hopefully, the Lord gives me another 50 years to go, and I can really <laughs> see it. You know, but but it can be done. It can be done. Yes. And I know it will. Just we need to be grateful and keep going. Yep. Sounds good. Well, right. well thank, thank you, Colleen. You, thank you so much, Father. Um, and if for anybody listening on YouTube or Rumble, please like and subscribe. And if you're listening on our audio channels, please follow and share with your friends and keep on living the culture of life. God bless.